0: Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. Bugs aren't showing their face yet, but it will not be long. We'll be able to see how the efforts to manage these pests went come spring. I'm Charity Sebecker with the Midwest Farm Report. P.J. Leash, the director of the UW-Madison Insect Diagnostic Lab and state entomologist, also known as the Wisconsin Bug Guy, says that this winter did not impact insects too much. He shares how the winter affected emerald ash borer and ticks, and what pests we should be aware of moving into spring.
1: It's probably not going to be all that different from what we saw last year. With emerald ash borer, we've had it in the state for about 15 or so years at this point. And in terms of how it's been progressing through the state, it's relatively slow. We have had times where firewood or other means have caused kind of some jumps in the map. But overall, when it gets to a spot, it's a fairly slow process. It may take three, four, five years for trees to ultimately be killed. The natural spread of this insect isn't terribly far. So if you were just to let them do their thing and humans weren't moving them around, it may be a matter of a half mile or a mile per year. So it's more of a slow smolder when it gets into an area. So what does this mean and what will it look like for us here in Wisconsin? We're still going to be dealing with emerald ash borer here. Some parts of Wisconsin, especially like the southeast corner of the state where we've had it the longest, it has really gone through and killed a lot of ash trees at this point. but there are still parts of the state where it is relatively new or it hasn't gotten there yet. So for those folks in those parts of the state, mostly northern Wisconsin, this is something that is still going to be playing out for really years and decades to come. At the moment, there's still six counties in northern Wisconsin that do not have confirmed detections yet. But if you look at an inventory of ash trees in the state, where we have the most ash trees, it's northern Wisconsin. So again, this is something that is going to be playing out. There's perhaps a glimmer of hope. We're starting to get some research studies published out of parts of the country where emerald ash borer has been around a little bit longer, places like Michigan, for example, where we first detected many, many years ago. And over decades at this point, there have been some efforts along the lines of biological control. And what this has done is it's involved screening for and and importing some very tiny stingless wasps that are very specific in what they do. And what they do is they parasitize either the eggs or the larval stages of emerald ash borer. And we're getting some reports now that those insects may be finally getting a decent foothold in some parts of the country and may be helping turn the tide to a certain extent. We are seeing some reports of high levels of mortality of emerald ash borer. So this is kind of uh, some early rumblings, but they are encouraging at this point. My overall message, though, is that emerald ash borer is still something we're going to see playing out in our lifetime. Eventually, the tide may turn, but for the time being, it's still going to be killing lots of ash trees in the state. And along those lines, one other thing I would mention so, if you're a listener and and you have emerald ash borer in your area and you've seen it kill ash trees in your yard or a woodlot or something like that, I do want to point out something about ash trees. And that is when ash trees die, they get to be very brittle very quickly. And that can become hazardous. Uh, In general, if you have an ash tree that is killed by emerald ash borer, there's a good chance that it is going to be on the ground inside of five or so years, whether you cut it down or it just breaks. The point I want to make is that these trees can be pretty hazardous when they get brittle like that. Sometimes you can have dead trees that stand for literally decades, but these ash trees can be pretty dangerous. So that's something to keep in mind. If you have ash trees around your home or in your woodlot you use for hunting or something like that, be aware of that. If those trees are dead, they could become pretty hazardous to you. So if you're a situation like that, it can make sense to take those trees down sooner rather than later.
0: Ticks are something that people think about during the growing season in the summer months, but what about now during the winter? Has this winter weather impacted the tick population?
1: In my mind, the tick's and also, mosquitoes to a certain extent really haven't been impacted much at all by the winter weather we've had. Our common ticks—they actually have a lengthy two-year life cycle, so they're pretty long-lived creatures when you think about it that way. But what the ticks tend to do in winter is they will head down to the ground level and hang out amongst leaf litter, and that leaf litter is going to be a decent layer of insulation to help buffer them from extreme cold. Another thing that can happen—many parts of the state—we've had some decent snow cover on the ground, that will further insulate them from extreme temperatures. So with that said, even though we've had some ups and downs and have had some fairly cold spells here in Wisconsin, the ticks, where they're hunkered down, they're really pretty unaffected by it. Things might have been different if we had, for example, no snow cover and extremely cold temperatures. A scenario like that, you're more likely to have some negative impacts on ticks. But otherwise, in my mind, they have hunkered down. They've just been biding their time waiting for things to warm up a bit and as you mentioned we often think of ticks during the warmer months spring summer into fall perhaps but you can actually bump into ticks any time of the year even if there's still snow on the ground if it's warm enough you could potentially bump into them
0: those are some of the pests that we think about but what are some other insects that have been impacted whether that's more types of pests or
1: even beneficial insects In terms of beneficials, a couple things come to mind in terms of something like fireflies, which can be beneficial. They're actually predators of creatures like slugs in the larval stage of the fireflies. Fireflies do really well when we have damp conditions. The larvae like to live in damp vegetation or on the ground or under the bark, rotting logs and and locations like that. And if we have very dry conditions, that can kind of knock their numbers down to a certain extent. So I did have some reports the last year or two that folks weren't seeing as many fireflies, and it's probably related to weather patterns. Now, some other pests that I feel are are notable and seem to have been impacted by weather, especially last year, I had a lot of reports of spider mites in crop fields and in other settings. Spider mites really thrive under hot, dry conditions. So if you were in a part of the state where you were bone dry for a period of time, you might have bumped into some spider mites out there. Another very common one that garden worry about as well as farmers. Japanese beetles, I think the weather has really done some weird things with their populations the last year and a half or so. Last year was very unusual in that southern Wisconsin where I typically get most of my Japanese beetle reports. The general impression I was getting here at the insect diagnostic lab at UW-Madison was that Japanese beetle populations were fairly low in southern parts of the state. What was really interesting though is you got about halfway north up to the Highway 29 corridor, so Oklahoma. Wausau, Green Bay area. You got to that part of the state in north, and that's where I was getting most of my reports in 2022. Usually that's not the case, but I was getting reports from up in Sawyer and Washburn County, Oneida, Vilas County, and the like, whereas historically it tends to be more southeastern Wisconsin, south-central Wisconsin, places like that. So it's almost like the map was flipped. And then one other pest that uh, is, I feel, going to be one of the biggest insect stories of the year is a creature called the spongy moth and if you haven't heard of spongy moth before this insect used to go by a different name it used to be called the gypsy moth but the official common name was changed in the last year so it's now called spongy moth it's the same creature though this is a notorious defoliator of hardwood trees especially Oaks and it does really well under dry conditions so myself colleagues at DNR and datcap have been monitoring these spongy moth populations and based on trapping by Department of Agriculture in the state, we have seen a huge increase in adults catches in traps. So what does that mean for us? There's going to be lots of eggs out there, and we could be in store for very heavy defoliation this year. And the worst of the damage from spongy moth kind of arcs from southeastern Wisconsin, like Walworth County, Lake Geneva area, up through Janesville, Madison area, through the Baraboo Hills, like Sauk County, up through Eau Claire area, and then it meanders a little bit all the way up to Bayfield County. Lots of trap catches up there. So if you are kind of that western third of the state or so, this is something you are going to be wanting to pay attention to. And especially if you saw spongy moth damage last year, there's a good chance you've got a lot of egg masses out there and you could have significant problems with the caterpillars again this spring, generally in the month of May and into June, they'll be out there causing a lot of damage. So if I were to pick an insect that's going to be the biggest story this year, that's my best guess at this point is that spongy moth.
0: Is there any other newer emerging insect issues that listeners should watch for this year besides that
1: one? Well, there's one newer insect uh, that I would really like folks to be aware of. Uh, It's an insect that is not here in Wisconsin yet, but it's knocking on our door. This is an invasive insect called the spotted lanternfly, and it's originally from parts of southern and eastern Asia, but it's been introduced into the U.S. We found it in Pennsylvania, and the reason this pest is a concern is it can damage certain crops, particularly fruit crops, like grapes, happen to be one of its favorite plants that it can attack, as well as fruit trees, so apple, cherry trees, and, and things of that nature. And they also will feed quite a bit on just general landscape hardwood trees. So folks are having problems with this in their yard trees, nursery settings. So this insect is causing a lot of problems out in the eastern U.S. And at this point, we have now found them as close as a couple spots in Ohio, lower peninsula of Michigan, and also in Indiana this is an insect that is a very good hitchhiker, and so it's only a matter of time before we find it here in Wisconsin, so we want to get the word out. They have a very unique appearance. The juveniles resemble kind of a stink bug or something along those lines, but they are black with white polka dots, very distinctive. When they hit kind of that adolescent stage, they are black and red with some white polka dots, and then the adult insect is black and gray polka dotted wings. The hind wings are a very vibrant neon pink color. There's no other insects in our area that look quite like this. So again, this is something that we want to be watching for here in the state because it's going to have some potential impacts on uh, agriculture, especially those fruit crops like grapes and uh, fruit trees like apples and cherries. So that's definitely something that I would encourage listeners to keep an eye out for. If you think you have found the spotted lanternfly, I'd really recommend reaching out to uh, either your local extension office or or myself here at UW-Madison or Department of Ag so that we can stay on top of this insect if and when it shows up in Wisconsin.
0: That was PJ Leash, the director of the UW-Madison Insect Diagnostic Lab. To learn more, go to insectlab.russell.wisc.edu. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.